Yo, 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 yo. What's the day? Today is uh May 5th. Cinco de Mayo, matter of fact. Uh, shit, I might take me a shot for Cinco de Mayo. You know what I'm saying? I ain't really been drinking as much as I usually be drinking and shit. Like, I ain't no alcoholic or no shit like that. But I normally drink more than what I've been drinking lately. So, I cut back on my drinking a little bit. Not on purpose. It's just the way my life been going. So, that's a good thing. You know, that's a good thing. But I might take a shot of something today. I got some, uh, Avion, um, on my little counter, my little island. I got a bottle of Avion. Hold on. It's Avion. It's Patron. It's Patron. Hold on. It's some different type of shit. Not the Patron that you normally get at the, at the bar. Or, you know, the normal one that you might think about. This some shit called Patron on Yeho Tequila. Some brown shit. Um, I bought it uh, just to try it out. Shit nasty as fuck. I ain't gonna lie, it's nasty as shit. I posted this shit on uh, Instagram. And one of my IG friends, so I posted it. And they commented on it because they had it before. And I didn't even, when I posted the bottle, I didn't leave a comment. I just posted the bottle. But one of my Instagram friends saw it, was like, man, I had that shit recently. That shit was y'all nasty. <laughs> and, I, and I totally agree. <laughs> that, shit, that shit nasty as fuck, but I drank it, though. I'm down to, like, my last little sip. I probably got a shot left in it. But I drank the shit. But anyway, that shit is not good. Um, But... What we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a few things that happened since the last time we did a podcast. Uh, nothing too, too crazy. Um, I want to talk about boxing. Uh, the Earl Spence versus Ugas fight, Ugas fight went down recently. Um, I watched this shit over my man Travis' house. Um, he hit that, his, his house the spot these days for the fights and shit. Um, it's cool. He got... Uh, you know, got a house, got a basement, little setup and shit, got a bar down there, jump, all that shit, big screen TV. So it's cool, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of uh, a, a neutral spot. Everybody can meet up. A lot of people used to come to my house. Only thing about my house, I live in a neighborhood, and the parking ain't that great, man. It's a good neighborhood, though. It's like for fun, because if you come over here to watch a fight or something like a Saturday night, I live around an area of, like, with a whole bunch of bars and shit, so... A lot of times, like, Shane would come over, watch a fight, and then when the fight over around midnight, going into one in the morning, we'll stroll out to the strip on U Street and go hit up a bar or something and kick it, get some drinks, listen to some music, have fun. Um, but we go over Travis spot, that shit fun. That's a good joint. So we went over there to watch the fight and shit. Um, that shit was cool, uh... I was kind of rooting for Ugas. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I'm just not a big Earl Spence fan. I'm not even a big Terrence Crawford fan. I want to see these two motherfuckers fight just to see what's gonna happen. Um, but I'm not a real big fan of either one. I like Keith Thurman. That was my man. I like Keith Thurman. <laughs> my friends and shit, they be laughing at me because they they think you know Keith Thurman or some shit. But I like I like one thing. That's my man. My man one thing. But I'm just not a big fan of Earl Spence or uh, or, or Terrence Crawford. Um, but you had Ugas. I say Ugas fight a few times. He fought he fought some good fights. Feel like he got robbed in a couple of them. He fought a good fight against uh, 
uh, Sean Porter. Um, that jump could have went either way, I think. And he fought somebody else where they gave somebody else a win. And that shit was real close. But Ugas ended up fighting Pacquiao, like, back in November, I think. I think it was November or December, one of them. But Earl Spence was supposed to be fighting Pacquiao then. But Earl Spence, like, suffered an injury or something in sparring, if I ain't mistaken. Something went down to where Earl Spence couldn't make that fight. So they put Ugas in his place. So I guess they was expecting Pacquiao to be Ugas, let this shit blow over till Spence got ready, and Spence would have fought Pacquiao eventually probably in April. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't go down as planned because Ugas stepped up in there and beat the shit out of Pacquiao from what I understood. I was over uh, <laughs> in Travis' house to watch that fight, but I fell asleep on a, a nice amount of that shit. Um, so... I woke up, it was like the 10th round. It was a lot of dreary faces in there, you know what I'm saying? I like Pacquiao, but I was a, I was a Floyd fan in that whole Pacquiao-Floyd debate. debate. But uh, it was a lot of sad faces around because, uh, you know, my friends is uh, Pacquiao supporters. And they said that Ugas beat the shit out of Pacquiao, you know what I'm saying? When I woke up in the 10th round, it looked like Pacquiao was doing all right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But they said the shit that I missed, he was getting the shit beat out of. So that's how Ugas got this fight with Earl Spence. I kind of like the way Ugas fight a little more. I, I'm a fan of boxing styles more than whether a person going to win or lose or how they, if they beating everybody. I like the style of a fighter. Somebody that I look at them and see that. See how technical they are and whether they're exciting or not and shit like that. That's what kind of reels me in. Um, the way they throw their punches, the way they defend, you know what I'm saying? And I just, I think Earl Spence and, and Terrence Crawford fight style a little ugly to me. So that's why I'm not a big fan. But the fight came around. If I had to bet, I would have bet on Earl Spence. I had, you know, I, I felt like Earl Spence was going to win. But I was rooting for Ugas. So the fight happened. Uh, I think it was a pretty decent fight early on. You know what I'm saying? It was a good fight early on. Ugas showed up and gave him some problems. You know, no real, real major problems. But he made it a fight. But and then one, one, one fatal thing happened that changed the fight for good, really. Ugas hit... Uh, Spence with like a jab or something. Boom. Knock Spence mouthpiece out. This nigga Earl Spence turns around like the ref stepped in to stop the fight or something. This nigga just turned around, turned his back towards the fighter to go and try to pick up his mouthpiece. You know what I'm saying? That ain't, that ain't what you do. You never let your guard down unless the referee is right there and, and, and breaking the fight up. You know what I'm saying? This nigga, I don't know if he had a brain fart or whatever. This nigga just turned around and pick up his motherfucking mouthpiece. That Uga, nigga Uga swung on that nigga and almost knocked his ass out. You know what I'm saying? The nigga Spence flew up against the rope. Boom. And was like, oh, shit. Woke his ass up. Then the, the, the rest of the fight happened for that round until like a little break happened. I don't think, a, I don't really think it was a break though in the fight before the ref broke it up. Because the when your when your mouthpiece get knocked out, the ref can't stop the fight until there's like a little break. Like if they fighting and there's a little distance, then the the ref can jump in, stop, boom, and give the ref the, the fighter the chance to get his mouthpiece and put his mouthpiece back in. 
from what I remember, I think the ref kind of jumped in there before there was a break. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't supposed to do that. So that kind of gave Spence a little breathing room. But I ain't going to lie. After that round, I think Spence was mad because that nigga caught him with that sucker punch. Spence came back and beat the dog shit out of motherfucking Ugar. I mean, I was I ain't going to lie. I was impressed. Because my thing with Spence, I was kind of skeptical about him ever since that car accident. I feel like his speech pattern a little off. His face look a little funny. When he came back and forth, uh, Danny Garcia, that was his first fight back from that car accident, I thought Danny was going to beat him because I just ain't think that Earl Spence was fully recovered. You know what I'm saying? This ain't really me doubting him as a fighter, but that accident did something to me. It was like I, I'm watching the fucking 24-7 joint, and it's like this nigga, it's like his voice all scratchy and scre- he can't even talk regular. He got all them fake-ass teeth in his mouth. It's like, man. But he ended up beating Danny. So that, that I was impressed with that. Um, but this fight, when he came back and the way, after that round when the nigga hit him with that sucker punch, your man came back and was just throwing power punch after power punch after power punch for like three, four straight rounds or some shit like that. And I'm sitting there banking on this nigga getting tired. I said, oh, he throwing all these power punches. Ugas taking them. Spence going to get tired. But what happened, a funny thing happened. This nigga never got tired. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, so he ended up just beating the shit out of this nigga. I think they stopped the fight. And I walked away very impressed. I'm looking at Spence like he's all the way back now. You know what I'm saying? No excuses for Spence. I feel like he's all the way back. Um, So... A fight with him and Terrence Crawford will seem really fair like before, like it was before the accident. Super fair now. And it would make sense because before I seen this Ugas fight, I still would have really, really doubted Earl Spence and whether he should be in a fight like that against somebody like Terrence Crawford because of the accident. But, man, that nigga showed up and he showed me that he can, he, he can take on anybody at this point. So, uh... That was a good fight. It was fun down there, jump. We kicked it. Um, that's how that night went. Um, what else I did? Recently, uh, you know, I'm a restaurateur. And a nigga that like to go to different restaurants and shit, just to try them out. Um, I tried out a new restaurant last weekend. A uh, joint called Barrel and Crow. Some restaurant is up like Bethesda somewhere. Um, random joint I picked. You know, I said I went to West Lowell flag football game. Me and Riri went. And uh after the game we was hungry because we ain't ate all day. The good thing about West, he playing foot flag football game. Their games are early now. You know what I'm saying? Their games like at ten in the morning. The older the kids are, the earlier their games. Cause when he was younger, when he was like he when he was playing with this team, he started playing with this team at the age of eleven. Um, cause they was younger, their games would be in the evening and shit. That shit used to be fucking annoying. I mean, they would have games like at three in the evening, four or five o'clock in the evening. It's like, man, by that time on a Sunday, you don't want to be, you want to be chilling. You know what I'm saying? But now that he's getting older, their games earlier. So their games like at 10 in the morning now, 1030 in the morning. Um, so we got up to go see him play and his flag football team was just a beast. They like they very rarely lose. They got a hell of a squad. Great coach. 
Um, um, it's, and it's a fun, it's a good pastime. You know what I'm saying? It's exciting. Their, t- their team and players are exciting. It's cool. Um, we went, went to their job. After that, we was hungry. I found a random restaurant that was in the area. Probably about 10 minutes away, I think, from, from 10, 15 minutes away from where we were, where the flag football game was. So the jump was in Bethesda. Uh, we went there for brunch. It was cool. What I get? I got some blueberry pancakes, uh, some eggs and bacon, you know, the usual shit. Um, it was good. Got the little, got the bottomless mimosas shit. Um, got that. I think the mimosa was, was 17 bucks for bottomless mimosa. You know what I'm saying? Um, the food was good. Hey, in front. The waiter was good. Uh, he was a white dude. Real cool dude. Energetic. Always checking on us and shit. Um, that joint was good. I, I recommend that. That'd be a spot. If you want to check out a random spot, you go up Bethesda, a joint called Barrel, Barrel and Crow. Um, what else I want to talk about? Back to sports. The NBA. So the playoffs is going on right now, right? When the regular season ended, it was a matchup that I was really, really looking for that I thought was just going to be fun, an exciting series, an exciting matchup, all that shit. And it was the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics. I was kind of looking forward to that series because Boston job balling. Brooklyn just, whether they balling or not, they got the seventh seed, but they got KD and Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? They got a stacked team. They got a whole bunch of motherfuckers on their team. Seth Curry, the little nigga from San Antonio that shoot the lights out. Um, I can't think his name off top. Old ass Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. Motherfucker, they got a squad over there. DeAndre, nah, what's the nigga name? Uh, The big nigga that came from fucking Philly in the trade. Uh, Andre Drummond. They got a squad. Both teams had a squad. But the matchup I was really looking for was KD versus Tatum. Because I'm I'm a Tatum fan. He made me a fan the very first his very first game he ever played in the NBA. Um matter of fact, I think that it was when they had Kyrie. When Kyrie was there, Tatum was a rookie. And they actually played against Cleveland, I think. The very first game of the season this year, when when Tatum was a rookie. I'm watching this game. Um, I ain't know nothing about Tatum. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. I don't really watch college basketball as much as I used to when I was younger. So a lot of these niggas I don't really know about. It's uh, it's certain people that really get my attention in college basketball um, that I may follow a little bit if they super dynamic. Like when Zion was there, I was real curious about him because I saw his highlights and shit on uh, Instagram before he even played for Duke. His high school highlights. I was like, whoa, I want to see this nigga. He going to college? When I found out what college he was going to, I was going to keep an eye on him because he was dynamic from his highlights. Um, now I watched uh, John Morant because I caught a couple games, you know, randomly uh, of his when he was at, uh, what, Murray State? Whatever the fuck he played for. And he was just balling like shit. So I kind of followed him whenever he played in college. But, you know, I don't really just watch it like that, just a college game or I don't really watch it unless it's like a real good matchup or some players 
playing that I want to see. So Tatum was somebody I didn't know about. I knew about who who that year. I think Zion. Who went for Zion? I think did Zion and uh, Lonzo Ball come out the same year? I'm not sure, but I know it was the year Lonzo came out, and Tatum went after Lonzo. So I didn't know nothing about Jason Tatum. But when they played his rookie season in that first game, they played Cleveland against LeBron and them. He came out and he he stood out. He was a standout as a rookie. He came out, he was aggressive. Uh, he was playing like he belonged. And you don't see that a lot with rookies. A lot of rookies come in, in into the league and they just be real passive, which, you know, I guess out of, you know, you sort of get it. You know, it's a respect. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to just come in there and try and take over a team. You you fucking 19 years old. They got 30 year olds on the team that been around forever. You you know what I'm saying? You probably gotta pay your dues. This nigga was starting. And he came out that thing firing. And from that, by the time that game was over, I was questioning, like, who the fuck is Tatum? Has he been doing this in college? Man, this nigga, this nigga is good. He's, like, aggressive, da, da, da. And I went on social media with this shit, and people was responding saying, nah, yeah, he been doing, he been doing that at Duke. That nigga a baller. Which makes sense. He was the third pick in the draft. You know what I'm saying? Nigga about 6'9", 6'10", something like that. So just from that day... I was a fan, and it ain't taking long for me to, to come up with this motherfucking uh, notion. I felt like early on, as a rookie, or even by the probably maybe let's to be generous, you know what I'm saying? Let's say by the end of that his rookie year, I felt like I would take him over Kevin Durant by the time that season ended. I was like, man, I take give me Tatum over Kevin Durant because one thing I saw in him was he was aggressive. You know what I'm saying? He was aggressive. He was tall, and he felt like he he looked like he takes full advantage of his size and height and ability. You know what I'm saying? Um, it ain't too many people in the league that's his height that can do what he do, that can handle the rock and shoot like he shoot. So it's people that can't guard him, and when he plays, it's evident that he plays that way. He don't play down to the competition. And that's why I like people like the Greek Freak. Greek Freak is my favorite because Greek Freak, he, everything that he, it seems like that he's capable of doing, he tries. He don't take his foot off of nobody's neck. You know what I'm saying? I feel like KD does that. I feel like with KD's size and ability, he should be averaging almost 40 a game. And I think if he did that and played to that aggressiveness, he would have more championships. Because I don't really give him too much credit for them Jones and Golden State. No need to really talk about why. Everybody understand that whole scenario. You know what I'm saying? I don't give him too much credit for that. When he went left Golden State and went to Brooklyn and teamed up with Kyrie, that's when I said, as soon as he made that move, I said, if he go up there and win a championship, I don't care if he go up there with Kyrie and team up with somebody else, XYZ, if he go up there and win, I'll give him his props. Because I feel like it's a difference between going on and joining you a superstar, joining the team, that's already established and you'll add on peace because you ain't going to hurt nothing versus you grabbing players like the way LeBron did. He went down South Beach. He joined with uh, D-Wade, boom, then joined with Chris Bosh, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that's a little more harder 
than if Miami was already a championship team and LeBron jumping on it. You know what I'm saying? Miami wasn't a championship team already. They had a superstar, but they wasn't a championship team till he got there. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I think it's I'm okay with motherfuckers joining together from different parts and coming together like an all-star team. But I have a problem with if a team is already established. Golden State was already a motherfucking all-star team damn near that was already self-made. Then you just jumped on that wagon. You jumped on that ship. I didn't really give him too much props for that. So I'm looking at life. He go up to Brooklyn, team up with Kyrie, then they eventually get James Harden. I'm like, okay, I ain't going to knock that. I like when players come from different teams and join together like that. I think it makes the NBA exciting to me. Some people don't like it. I like it. I think it's fun. It makes me curious. It's entertaining. I want to see them play. I want to see what they're going to do. I think it's fun. But I ain't have any faith in him winning a championship up there because I don't think he has really a championship mentality. So him versus Tatum in the series is what I was looking for. And I went on Facebook. Soon as that motherfucking matchup was stamped that they was going to play each other in the playoffs, I went on Facebook. I said, I I can't wait to see this playoff series between these two. Um, It should be fun. It's going to, I want to see the Jason Tatum versus Kevin Durant matchup. My opinion, Tatum is going to coming for Kevin Durant's neck. I said that. It ain't because I dislike KD. It's nothing personal. I just look at his game, and I don't see what everybody else sees. When people are like, he's the greatest player on the, in the world, XYZ, I don't see that with my eyes. I see him playing. I see a big seven-foot motherfucker that blends in with the rest of the people on the court a little too much. When you watch the Greek Freak, the Greek Freak stands out. You know what I'm saying? When you watch Jason Tatum, he stands out. When you watch LeBron James, they stand out. You know what I'm saying? You watch Steph Curry, they stand out. I don't see that enough with Kevin Durant. So, what happens? Fast forward, that series over. These niggas got swept. Brooklyn, Kevin Durant got swept. Jason Tatum did, as I predicted, came for Kevin Durant's neck. He was checking that nigga, you know what I'm saying? And giving him the business on, on the office end. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just what Kevin Durant, that's what Jason Tatum is. Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant to me, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like that way early on. KD was too passive. It's like they, the, the Brooklyn, I mean Boston, it's like they intimidated them niggas, you know what I'm saying? Them niggas got scared. Um, the only game I really respected uh, KD for was the last game. Somewhat, quote, you know, somewhat, quote unquote, I respected him in that game because he came out that thing firing. Um, he did shoot a high percentage. He shot under fifty percent. I think it was like thirty some percent. But he took like thirty something shots, if I ain't mistaken. Made about thirteen or something like that. But the fact that he was just aggressive and shooting, that's what I feel like he should do. He should come out that jump because if he play that way, he's going to open up the floor so much for the rest of his teammates. You know what I'm saying? I think if he had played that way, the whole series came out that thing gunning, taking this shit personal, they wouldn't, I ain't saying they would have won, but they wouldn't have got swept. They would have won at least one because if he came out that thing firing, you can't tell me at least one or two of them games he'd have been He'd have scored about 50 points at least en route to a victory because he's seven feet. 
You know what I'm saying? If he get catch fire the way he's capable of catching fire, he can't. He ain't gonna be able to be. He won't be stopped. You can't stop him if he's aggressive and he's on fire and he's he and he and he he turned into an ultra beast. Even Tatum won't be able to stop that. I just don't count on Kevin Durant turning into an ultra beast. He ain't gonna shoot enough to turn himself into an ultra beast. You know what I'm saying? So um, that joint went. I thought it was going to go six or seven games. You know what I'm saying? No way in hell I thought it was going to be a sweep. I thought, and honestly, I didn't guarantee Boston was going to win. I just felt like Tatum was going to get the best of Durant. That's what I thought. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like Tatum was going to get the best of Durant. As far as who was going to win the series, I ain't know. That shit was a toss-up to me. But shit, not only did they win, them niggas swept them niggas and, and Tatum Hey man, he made it. He if you ain't know who he was, you know who the fuck he is now. Um, what else? Let's switch speeds real quick. Um, watching the show Moon Knight on Disney, the new Marvel show. Um, everybody was kind of anticipating it because of the previews and shit. Previews look sweet. The nigga looks sweet. I'm a motherfucking comic book nigga. I grew up reading comic books and collecting cards and shit like that. So I know a lot about these comic book motherfuckers. Um, wasn't that familiar with Moon Knight, though. I will say that. But the way they had his uniform and shit, his motherfucking, I guess, his costume, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Man, that shit just looks so sweet. I'm just like, man, I couldn't wait till this joint came out. Everybody couldn't wait till it came out. Um, I watched the whole series, the first season. The last episode came on because today's Thursday. It, a new episode will come out every uh, Wednesday. It was the sixth episode season. The last episode came out last night. Watched that John last night. Um, my thoughts on the series was I'm a little disappointed in it. Um, it wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be the first season. Um, wasn't enough Moon Knight for me. You know what I'm saying? Um. Just wasn't enough. I feel like it wasn't enough money put into the show or maybe their director. It looked a little bright and cartoonish to me or something. I don't know. Maybe that's what they kind of going for. I just felt like it looked some of the shit looked a little cheesy to me. I ain't gonna front. Uh, it was just too much story. Into a versus not enough action. I want to see this nigga Moon Knight going to fuck off and whooping some ass. It was too much explaining the story behind the dude that is Moon Knight. You know, him in his regular state when he's a regular motherfucker. You know, he got like multiple personalities. Um, And it's just, it's like, man, we just get, man, just tell us, give us a quick rundown on what developed these, how these personalities developed. We don't need a whole season to figure that part out. That's one thing I don't like about some superhero movies. When the story be so centered around them when they not in character, their regular life and their origin story, we don't need... Just give us a quick rundown. Let's get to the action. Let's get to this nigga being who the fuck... Because if we go see Batman, we paying to see fucking Batman. You know what I'm saying? We ain't paying too much. We paying to see more Batman than Bruce Wayne. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like... Good Marvel shows that I really like. The shows, 
My favorite one is Daredevil. Daredevil was a beast. Um, I think that's my favorite one by far. Uh, I thought Iron Fist was okay. A lot of people didn't like Iron Fist. I like Iron Fist. I thought it was cool. Iron Fist is kind of almost on the same level as Moon Knight. has a lot of little cheesy, directed, the way it was kind of put together, a little cheesy a little bit. But I can, I liked it. I ain't going to lie. I like Moon. I like Iron Fist at this point so far more than Moon Knight. Um, Daredevil was a beast. I liked Punisher. Punisher was good. I think it could have been a little better, but it was good. Uh, I didn't like Luke Cage. Luke Cage was super cheesy. That was one of the worst jumps. I watched it though because, you know, all these motherfuckers, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and, uh, Iron Fist, they formed up to make the, the, the Defenders. They had a little uh, season. That shit was, I liked it. You know what I'm saying? I just like the idea that they put these motherfuckers together. So it helps for you to watch their shows and, 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 and uh, their series so you can know what the fuck is going on. Or just in case any of them motherfuckers pop up in anybody else's show or anything like that. Because they all in this Marvel Universe. So I watched Luke Cage because he's black. And just in case there might be some shit going on in there that might help me while watching another Marvel episode or show. But Luke Cage was kind of whack. Jessica Jones was a little whack to me. Uh, Daredevil was good. Great, actually. Great. Punisher was good. On borderline, great, but not great. But it was good. It was real good. Um, all the other Jones I'm in the process of watching. The WandaVision, the fucking Hawkeye, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, I heard I gotta watch the Marvel What If joint now. I gotta watch that to check that shit out, cause that play into everything the way everything going with this multiverse shit. Um, what else is out? Um, it's probably something else I'm missing, but that Moon Knight shit. They gotta when they come back with a new season, they gotta do better. That's all I gotta say. They gotta do better, step their game up. Uh, the Doctor Strange shit come out this weekend. Anxious to see that. Uh, the Spider, I saw the Spider-Man movie. That jump was good as shit. Really good. Um, everything kind of going towards this little multiverse shit. So I think that just opens up a hell of a realm of possibility with a lot of shit with the multiverse. I think that's why they did it. So motherfuckers can kind of probably come together in movies that wasn't necessarily had people in the same universe. Like, cause I know like, Disney own Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and them. Sony own Venom and X Men, and I think and shit like that. And so with the multiverse, you may be able to bring these motherfuckers together. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's where they kind of geared. They they went that way to open up the realms of possibility to be able to bring people together that was otherwise in different universes. So. I'm going to see that. I already got my tickets for that Sunday. I'm going to give a review on that shit. Can't wait till that joint come out. I think that's going to be real great. A lot of spoilers or some shit been already leaked, but I've been avoiding them, so I'm going into it with fresh eyes so far. Today, Thursday, I get Friday, Saturday, three days to, 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 to keep my blinders on to avoid spoilers. So can't wait for that shit. Um, and uh, that's it for right now. Um, that's it for right now.
I'm about to take a shot for Cinco de Mayo. Oh, boy, we about to talk about you. Look, right now I'm in here. What is May 6th? What time is it? 7.39 in the morning. I'm in here changing my little nephew diaper. See, what I do, I take my little nephew to diaper to daycare in the morning. I mean, not his diaper. <laughs> I take him to daycare in the morning, right? And I be trying to hopefully be able to get him there. I start, I've been doing this for like three weeks now. And I be trying to hopefully be able to get him there before he mess around and use the bathroom on himself and poop or some shit like that. And it been going good. But the last couple of days, I think he's starting to get yeah. comfortable, right? Huh? He's starting to get comfortable. So I pick him up, you know, because he want to run around and play sometimes some morning. Some mornings he come over here, he'd be knocked out. Some mornings he'd come over here and chill for a minute. Usually he'll chill before he start getting ready to rip and run. But every now and then, as soon as he come over here, he'll hit the ground running. So he like to get into stuff, play around, X, Y, Z. And I pick him up, and I smell something. I'm like, oh, shit. This little nigga poop. I, I ain't changed a diaper in about 15 years, 14, 15 years. So I'm like, all right, can't, can't have him going to daycare looking, smelling like that. So I'm in the jump changing his diaper, and then I'm just looking. I, I look, and it's like, man. Good thing it, it ain't mushy. It ain't a bush, mushy poop. It's solid, so it's like easy to clean and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just looking at it because I'm like, nigga, when did you do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, when did you poop? Like, did you just, because you've been running around the whole time. And did you just like stop and take a pause doing your ribbon and running and poop? Did, did, did you poop on the move like an elephant? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? When did this happen? Shit just confusing me. I'm just confused. This is May 11th. May 11th. So I'm going to talk about my weekend. Um, what's today? Today is Wednesday. All right. So Mother's Day weekend. We're going to talk about Mother's Day weekend, right? Um, so Friday, well, Saturday. We're going to start with Saturday and shit. But Saturday, the weekend, first of all, the weather was dry, fucked up. Weather was fucked up. It was all gray and rainy, and and it, it just was nasty. I think the high the high temperatures was like in the fifties all weekend. It was y'all like some bullshit. But I had a lot of things set up for the weekend because it was Mother's Day, and and my girl Riri she uh set up she bought some wrestling tickets for us to go to. One of them little wrestling joints, not like the WWF or WWE or whatever the shit called. No big shit like that that'll be down at the Capital One Arena. This was one of the joints that you might see, like a traveling joint that you might see on some old crazy-ass channel that you rarely watch. Um, like a small little venue with wrestlers you never heard of, like amateur wrestling pretty much, right? But the motherfuckers be wearing a mask and shit like that. Crazy joint. So she found some tickets for that. I don't even know how the fuck she found this show. I don't know. But she just be searching, I guess, looking for things to do around town. Different events that may come up that, you know, she may find interesting or we can just try out. So she bought them tickets, I think, a few weeks ago. I don't know when she bought the tickets. But we did that on Saturday. That shit started at... Uh, 
It started at 7 o'clock in the evening. So, we got dressed for that. The joint was at Hook Hall. A little spot called Hook Hall on Georgia Avenue. Directly across the street from uh, the old Black Hole. Where the Black Hole used to be at. The joint used to be the Murray Steakhouse. That's where the uh, Hook Hall is. It used to be Murray Steakhouse. They got some type of little, little nice little setup that... Uh, Made the joint kind of popping lately over the past couple of years because they got like a little outdoor setup. You go in there, they got like a little outdoor setup, like a little green turf on the ground with benches and shit around on the joint. You can order drinks and shit. The shit looks sweet. I ain't gonna lie, but I haven't been to it um, before. So we went up there, drove up that joint. Uh, I live like a five minute drive away from the joint, so it was around the corner. We'd have walked up there if the weather was nice. I'd have been like, let's walk, because it'd been like a 30-minute walk. But the weather was just fucked up and nasty. It was kind of chilly and rainy, and you didn't know what the fuck was going on. So we went up there, found parking, walked over to the joint. Um, we go in. It was, it was a nice amount of people in there. She ordered VIP tickets, you know. So that was cool. What VIP tickets do, pretty much it guarantee you a seat in that joint. You have a seat right around the ring. Um, other than that, it was like standing room, mainly. You know what I'm saying? With the VIP tickets, you get a seat and you get like a free beer. <laughs> I don't even drink beer. But I drank that beer. The beer wasn't bad either. I forgot what the, kind of, what the beer was called. I want to say it started with a K. The name of it started with a K. But it wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, went in that joint. Nigga was y'all hungry. Um, they was they were selling food in there, so that was kind of good. That was good because I ain't eat since earlier that day. Um, I went and got in line. Um, we sat. We found our seats first. So when I was going get when I went to get in the food line, Riri was said she was like, "I'm gonna just sit here and hold our seats, make sure nobody take the seats." Because even though we had the VIP, which guaranteed the seats, the seats wasn't assigned. So. You can just go first come, first serve when it came to the seats for the VIP people. So she's sitting there. Um, I'm in line to get the food. She's sitting there and shit. I kind of look at her. She's just looking around and shit, just chilling. <laughs> and I said that something in me told me she wasn't going to just sit there for so long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> her little motherfucking ass. You know how women be. You know what I'm saying? So she just, at some point, I just see her getting her shit together, taking her jacket off. And what she did, she laid her jacket across her seat and my seat to keep the, keep our seats, you know what I'm saying, intact and tax so nobody wouldn't take her. Then she walked right over to me <laughs> in the line. I'm just laughing like shit because I'm like, look at her, she's a little restless little ass. And she talking about, I, was, I just got bored. I didn't want to keep sitting there, blah, blah, blah. But we got in line. I mean, she got in line with me. Um, they were selling, they had like a little menu. They were selling like grilled corn and shit like that. I ended up getting the taco. Me and her got the taco. So I bought both of us some tacos. Now, going into this wrestling shit, I ain't know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, it was cool. It was something to do. She bought the ticket. So, you know. And when me and her hang out, it's typically fun. So it don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, we have fun almost everything we do. Um, she not a born person. So that's that's cool. So, it's cool to experience and try new shit with somebody that's open-minded and fun. Cause you'll probably find you'll have as 
the maximum amount of fun out of any situation. You know what I'm saying? That you can. Even though it may not even be fun, but you'll you probably, you know, you will make the best of it when you got two people that that's open minded and can have a good time with each other. You know what I'm saying? So the wrestlers, some of them that was gonna be wrestling was just walking around the crowd and shit with their wrestling shit on. And um they some of them in the ring just bouncing around, jumping around, testing the ring out and shit. Running up, standing on the ropes, making sure everything's straight, I guess. Um, you was able to take pictures with some of them. I got some pictures. I got to post them up, as a matter of fact. But, you know, we was able to take pictures with uh, some of them and all that. So, at some point, the joint started. You know what I'm saying? The wrestling joint started. And it kind of started with one of the wrestlers in the ring warming up. Another wrestler came in the ring. And them too, you know, while everybody just kicking, having a good time, they playing music and shit. They got DJ and all that. Everybody kicking, chopping it up, cool, cooling. While the wrestlers in the ring, like one or two of them in the ring, playing around. Then you just start noticing that two of the wrestlers was talking, and it looked like they was having like a little dispute. So the DJ was like, "Whoa, what's going on in the ring? What the fuck? What the hell is this?" DJ started music. So it looked like one of the wrestlers was getting into it with the other one. And one of them was little. One of the wrestlers was little. He probably was like 5'5 five, five or some shit. You just see him kind of trying to get away from the other wrestlers that they had an issue with. So next thing you know, he jump out the ring. The dude jump out the ring, chasing him around the audience. Da, da, da. So pretty much, that's when the show began. The show began like that. So he chasing him around, running through the crowd, da, 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 blah, blah, blah. Then they find their way back in the ring. And next thing you know, um, they kind of got into it. The bigger dude tossing the little smaller wrestler all around the ring, slamming them and shit like that. And next thing you know, another wrestler come from somewhere, jump in the ring, and attack the bigger one. They kind of, he like he was looking out for the little wrestler. The little wrestling dude hops out the ring at some point and runs up under the ring like the hide. So, you know, everybody found that to be funny, X, Y, Z. Um, but all in all, the show popped off. It was a whole bunch of different wrestlers going against each other. You had tag team matches. You had almost like a Royal Rumble. Everybody for themselves and this and that. The show ended up being really good. It was real fun. I ain't gonna lie. I was, I was surprised at how fun it was because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. The joint was y'all funny shit. Um, it was, it started at seven. It was over like at ten something. Because the thing that night was the Canelo fight. Canelo was fighting that night, so I was gonna try to go to my man Travis' house to watch it. But Travis was out for his son's birthday. You know what I'm saying somewhere. So me and him was texting back and forth. The time just kind of didn't work out. So I just ended up going back home. Well, me and her, we were still hungry. We stopped on U Street to get some motherfucking tacos from this place called Taqueria Zaki or Zochi or something like that. Real good tacos. I ordered from them on uh, Uber Eats before. And whenever she come over, sometimes if we hungry, we'll order from them because we tried them one time before when we had to taste for tacos. And they got these lamb tacos. Motherfuckers good as shit. So we stopped there. I ordered online, pulled up in front of the y'all. 
walked in, you know, it's, it's Saturday night. So U Street tried popping, even though it's cold and rainy. Motherfuckers were still out there. Boom, I walk up to the window because you, you couldn't go in at this time of the night. But the window was open. So you can go to the window and they gave you your food through the window. It was this chick when I pulled up. It was this white chick leaning on a light pole and shit. Looked like she was fucked up. Head just down. But she, like, she wasn't homeless or nothing. She had, like, looked like she had her shit together. Had a nice little trench coat on and this and that and other. So she was on the passenger side when I pulled up. I hopped out to get the tacos when I came back. She was talking to Riri through the window. Riri ended up telling me, because the, the chick, she was like taking a number. I think Riri was trying to get her, a, get her, give her a number to call to, you know, a ride number, like a Uber or some shit. I don't know. Or maybe a taxi number. I don't know. She was giving her some number to be able to call somebody. Um, I spoke to her a little bit, and she just was like, man, I'm just trying to get home. Blah, blah, blah. She, she, she said something that made it seem like she came with some people. So I was like, where, you, where, where everybody at? You came with some people, where they at? And she looked at me, and she just shook her head like, it's a long story. It's a long story. So I just let that be like, all right, well, you know. You know, Riri gave her the number. We got a body there. Good thing that she just knocked on the window, because there was a dude, because she was by Alley. And there was a dude that walked to the alley drinking and kind of standing there. He he was drinking something like looking at her and kind of laughing. You know, it's like it was kind of creepy. You know, you gotta watch these motherfuckers out here. I ain't you you never know what he was up to. You know what I'm saying? She, you could tell she was fucked up out there joking by herself. But we ended up uh rolling out, coming back to my house, and I was able to watch the fight in my house. Because it was, you know, pay-per-view. But I got the motherfucking fire stick. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to rig that jump. And this is my first time really using it fully to watch a pay-per-view event. Like, I've tried it to turn it on when a pay-per-view event was on. Just to see. What's up? What's up now? My little nephew in this jump. But, yeah, I tried it to uh, see if it worked. Just to see if it would come on and... And it did, but whenever a pay-per-view event came on, I probably was heading to Travis House to watch it anyway. But when it came on, because the you know pay-per-view fights, the event starts at seven. The main fights don't start till like nine, ten o'clock. The main event of the whole thing don't start till about eleven. But seven o'clock is when the commentary start, or maybe the the small time fighters or X Y Z start. So I'll be in the house. I may leave to go to Travis House around 9 o'clock. So when 7 o'clock hit, you know, I was able to turn on my fire stick for one of the previous fights just to see if it would come on, and it did. But this this uh, particular day on Saturday was my first time actually trying to watch a whole fight from the fire stick to see if it worked, and it worked out. It was some little pauses and glitches here and there throughout the joint. But for the most part, it worked out, and I was very satisfied with it. Um... Your motherfucking man, Canelo lost. Canelo lost, man. Canelo, my man, definitely one of my favorite fighters. You know what I'm saying? Um, he fought the dude, Dimitri Bavol. I fell asleep on, on, on about half of it. I ain't even going front. But I woke up towards the end of it. Um, I watched like the, some of the first few rounds. Fell asleep during the middle rounds. 
And I woke up like on the eighth round and watched it till the end. And um, man, it just ain't the dude was just too big for Canelo. Canelo kept going up and wait. You know what I'm saying? He just kept going up and wait, testing himself. And he just ran into a bigger dude that could actually fight. You know what I'm saying? That's why his weight class is in, in boxing. Um, no matter how good you are, you ain't going to always be able to beat every bigger dude. Some of them dudes you probably can beat if you super skilled and they bigger but can't fight as well. But if you go up against a dude that can fight remotely close to your skill, he ain't got to be as good as you. But if he can fight pretty good and he's bigger, he's going to beat you because he's a professional. And I think that's what happened with Canelo. The dude was able to t take Canelo punches. You know what I'm saying? And he had the size and reach to land his own. And Canelo had to deal with his power. So Canelo took an L. But I think it's widely recognized that it ain't that big of a knock on Canelo. Because Canelo fight any and everybody. You know what I'm saying? And that's a warrior's mentality and a warrior's spirit. And it, he gained respect. He's like a throwback fighter. Fight any and everybody. So even though he lost, nobody really holding it against him because he kudos kudos to him for jumping up and wait like that and fighting these bigger dudes. I heard he wanted to fight a heavyweight at some point. He just testing his limits, man. And I respect that. So of course he lost, so he got to drop down in the pound for pound ranking. But I don't think he should drop down but so much. Because he just he jumped out there. You know what I'm saying? He jumped out there. Um for the bigger man. But um, that was Saturday. Um, what else happened? Sunday, Mother's Day. Um, woke up Sunday. What I did was I planned a Four Seasons brunch for my mom and my sister. Um, you know, I love both of them dearly. You know what I'm saying? I want them to have experiences in life that I've experienced. I wish I could do more, and I'm going to try to do more as time go on. But as I go, I'm going to try to give them some of these experiences because I've been to one before, um, and, I, and I think it's great. Now, you know, some high-life shit, you know what I'm saying? Some high-life, living a high-life type of shit. And it ain't no fun, I think, when you're the only one doing this shit, you know what I'm saying? You want to be able to bring the people you love along for, for this ride. And I was blessed, I was blessed that I was able to do that. Um, I couldn't stay with them because by the time I booked the uh, the brunch, they only had seats for two people. You know, so there was only two two seats left. So instead of me taking my mom, you know, Riri, I was talking to Riri about. It. I said I'm gonna take my mom. I wanted to be able to take Caprice too, blah blah blah. blah. And she was like, "Well, you know, an option could be you send them." And so I was like, "You know what? It, it didn't dawn on me." I was like, that's a good idea. So when I booked it, I called my mother and my sister and let them know that I was going to book it for them too. So um, I booked it John, like a week before Mother's Day, so like last week. So when Sunday came around, I booked it for 9.45 in the morning because that was the latest in the, in the morning they had. Um, they drove there. What I did, though, they didn't know I was going to meet them there. Um, they thinking they just going to go there, go in, tell them that the reservation up under my name, and they were just going to do their thing. But I showed up. 
I went and got some flowers. Got there a little bit before they got there. Talked to the people in there. Told them what I was going to do. Um, Riri came up with the idea of putting the flowers in their seats. So when they walked in, the flowers would be in their seats for them. So put the flowers in their seat. Um, I went and paid for everything off the break because it was a set price for the brunch. I paid for everything. Um, they had both of their food. I paid for their parking. And I paid for their drinks. Both of them, I gave them bottomless mimosas for the drink. Um, and what was cool was the person that was wait, serving them, because it's like a buffet-style joint, but it's real nice, though, real nice. But, you know, they got a dude that served the table because he the one that bring the drinks and stuff. Or if you got any questions or concern, you know, he got you. So I paid him already before my mother got there. Um, what he did, he looked out. He um, brought four cups, four glasses for my mom, my sister, me, and Riri because Riri was with me. And he was like, man, I'll bring four glasses if you want, and I'll pour y'all some drinks so y'all can toast for Mother's Day. I was like, oh, that's sweet. I said, that's cool. You cool? He said, yeah, man, I got you. Don't worry about that. I'll hook y'all up. Like that. Boom. So they came down. They checked in. I started recording. All right, so I got it all on camera. I put it on my Instagram uh, page. You know, my IG is uh, at N-I-R underscore W-E-S-S. So I got it on my page. Uh, I recorded them coming in. They checked in. Then the lady walked over, walked them over to the table. The the hostess, she she thought it was real nice what I did for them. You know what I'm saying? She was like, she said, hold on. So you not staying? You, she said, so you booked this for your mom and your sister? And she was like, so your sister has a kid too? I said, yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, you such a great son. That is that is so great, X, Y, Z. I thought it was cool. I don't know why she thought it was just so great. Maybe maybe because I wasn't staying or benefiting off of it at all. Maybe that's why. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I was like, well, probably. I'm sitting there thinking it's Mother's Day. Probably everybody in this joint probably... Gonna have their mother or their wife or girlfriend or their child, whatever, with them and doing the same thing. But I think the difference is that they probably paid for them and themselves. So they stand there to eat too. Me, I didn't stay there to eat. It wasn't enough room for me. So I paid for my sister and my mom. So I think that's what probably got her to feeling like it was just so nice and, and, and cool. Um, but they came over when they walked over to the table. My mom and my sister were surprised to see me and Riri right there. So they were surprised. They gave them their flowers. And then we uh, toasted. And, you know, I kind of just let them know that everything was paid for. And hopefully they have a good time. X, Y, Z. Then me and Riri end up leaving. Um, for Riri, uh, you know, that's my baby right there. So she ain't the mother of my kids, but she's a mother. So um, what me and her did, me and her did the Four Seasons Brunch before for, on her birthday. So we ain't really trip off of that. She already had that experience. So we ended up going to Texas Jack's for breakfast after we set my mom and them up with that Four Seasons joint. We went there for a little breakfast or a brunch or whatever you want to call it. Um, we went there to eat. We got there like at 10.30. We ended up leaving like at 11.30. It was about an hour long. The breakfast was pretty good. Um, the wait, The waiter... The, the service wasn't that great. They kept fucking up the the meal and having to take it back and bring it back. And now that they did a whole, my eggs were scrambled eggs. 
They bought me eggs over easy, and it was shit like that going on. So we end up, uh, we end up finish eating. We had, you know, Doctor Strange came out this weekend. So we had two tickets. I bought two tickets for us because she been anxious to see it too. So I, I bought, you know, I paid for the Texas Jack shit. I bought the tickets last week for Doctor Strange. Down at the gallery place, the 4D joints. That joint started at 12.30. So we drove down there. Got down there about 11.45, 12 o'clock. Had about 30 minutes to spare. So we went up in the Clyde's. Um, I bought me and her a shot of Jameson for Mother's Day. We took a shot, toasted, da, 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 and threw them joints back. Boom. By the time we was down in there... The movie was time for us to go into the movie. So we went up in the movie, um, got our seats, because you know they got a signed seating, the 4D shit. It was a nigga that came in the gym, right? You know, the previews on the XYZ. It was some dudes that they had the very, very front row seats, right? One dude came in there with a chick. Come to find out the chick was, it was like one, it was like a nigga and like three chicks. I ain't even remember seeing them until the end. The uh other the other two women that was with them. But the dude walked in and he looked at this other dude that was in the front row and just he was all out. He said, Hey, hey, I just wanna let you know those aisle seats that you in, but we ain't even gonna worry about it. You know what I'm saying? We got these seats. I just wanna let you know you sitting in our seats. So I guess the nigga said something back. I don't know what the dude said back, right? <laughs> but my thing was, I was just sitting there thinking, like, why this nigga all loud like that? You know what I'm saying? But then, then the dude was like, yeah, I'm just saying, all right, it's all good. You and our seats, blah, blah, blah. Then he said something that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. I thought it was funny because I never heard nobody say this. The dude was like, yeah, well, I'm just letting you know those our seats. So, Because the dude might have been like, I mean, it's all good. You know, if we... I don't know if the dude was in the wrong seat or not. I don't know. But I'm assuming the dude might have said, if, if this is your seat, you can have the seat. Da, da, da. The dude just kept cutting him off. No, no. I just want you to know you're in our seat. So, so no, it's all good. I'm just letting you know. As long as we good, you good. And I'm like, did this nigga just say that? As long as we good, you good. That shit just threw. I never heard nobody say that. I took that. I, thought, I just took that on like a threat. Talking about long as we good. I'm thinking a nigga gonna be like, man, long as you straight, we straight. Long as everybody straight. This nigga said, no, nah, long as we good, you good. Then they had a conversation that just kept going on for a minute. I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know what they could be talking about. Because I couldn't hear them for the most part at this point. I'm like, I don't know what they could be talking about. I don't know what they could be talking about at this point. But it can't be. Nice, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I just like it can't be nice at this one. But what ended up happening was the movie started. They, I guess they got all that shit sorted out. Nobody moved from their seat. They got that shit all sorted out. So the movie going on. We watching the movie. The nigga that told the dude he was sitting in their seat. He was one of them dudes. He was in the movie talking loud as shit. If something happened, he'd be like, oh, shit, y'all see that? Man, what the fuck just happened? Because the seats get to moving 
going and moving around. And when you first experience it, it catch you off guard. I ain't gonna lie. You be like, oh shit. The first time you sit in 3D seats, I mean the 4D seats, it kind of catch you off guard. So the movie started off with action, off the break, and the seats doing everything, going crazy, rocking, blah, blah, blah. so when it was over, and when that scene was over, and everything quieted down and went to normal, this nigga just busts out, what the fuck was that? What the fuck? Oh, shit. My seat, nigga, I ain't expect all that. Hey, I got PTSD. You shit can't be doing all that. He was just one of them niggas that just loud, just wanted to be heard. Just He was just doing too much. Needless to say, he doing that shit down there throughout the whole movie, just yelling out. When certain characters pop up on the screen, what the fuck? Look at him. That's X, Y. You know, I don't want to really spoil the movie because it's people in the movie, other Marvel characters and shit in the movie. And if you ain't seen it, you know, I don't want to spoil it just in case you're going to see it, but... Look, that's motherfucker. People in the zone shushing this nigga. It's like like half the motherfucker audience in the theater shushing this nigga. I'm just looking at Riri shaking my head like, dog. Why this nigga got to be doing all this shit? His girl, the girl that's with him, trying to tell him shush. That's when I realized it was two other people with them too, and they like looking at him. They like laughing a little bit, but telling him, Shh, just watch the movie. And then the dude like, I'm watching, but look, the nigga. That's him on the screen right there. Hey, hey, y'all. We gonna get a movie by such and such character soon. He this nigga was doing all it. He was just embarrassing, dog. He was embarrassing. It was just so annoying, man. By the time the movie was over, the chicks that was with him got up and left. The motherfuckers left. You know what I'm saying? They left his ass in the theater. Because you know everybody waiting for the end credits. Them chicks got up and left his ass. Riri went and ran to the bathroom, tried to come back before the end credit came on. This nigga stayed there. He on the phone calling somebody. I get his conversation a little bit. He up there, see, them motherfuckers mad at me. I'm going through a lot. These motherfuckers know I'm going through it. I'm sitting there thinking like, dude, why are you even sitting in here talking over this fucking movie? Like the credits rolling, the music loud. Why don't you leave and talk? Like, he was just doing too much. One thing I noticed from where I was sitting, he had an ankle monitor on. One of them, you know what I'm saying? He had one of them joints on. What it led me to believe, the type of nigga, he seemed like a nigga that probably was locked up for a long time. And the same nigga he was when he went in is the same nigga he is now. He probably was a younger nigga, got locked up when he was young. He probably was one of them loud niggas doing the shit that he was doing in the theater. People thought it was cute, thought it was crazy. Oh, that nigga crazy. Oh, he be tripping out of that. Come up with that same attitude where it's like now we older, times different. Man, none of that shit is cool. That's the vibe I got. Like he on some old old school shit and he thinking that the shit is cool. But he was just annoying as fuck, man. Um, I dealt with We dealt with a nigga like him when we went to the Dave Chappelle show back in November. I think it was in November, October, one of them day, One of them months, Dave Chappelle came into town and we sat close to a nigga that was annoying just like him, want to be all loud, and it was just annoying, but the movie was good. I thought it was really good. Um, Doctor Strange, both his movies really good. Uh, just, you know, I'm looking for this phase of the Marvel Universe to see what they got planned, but it, it was really good. Um, after that, me and her went to the park, the club, the park, 
Um, cause I had set up a brunch for her for Mother's Day. You know, I, you know, all this was a, a Mother's Day thing for her. You know what I'm saying too. So I took care of my mom and my sister. Then I took care of her. We went to the park. I bought two tickets for a brunch. They had a special brunch thing for Mother's Day. Um, that's my first time having a a Mother's Day brunch at the. I mean, not a Mother's Day brunch at the park, but a brunch at the park. Period. Cause I know that it's kind of like a popular thing. So uh, so that was a new experience for me, which was cool, a new experience for her. Because she's been to the park, but she ain't never go there to eat. So it was cool. We got there. The only blow was I had 4 o'clock reservations, so it kind of worked out. The movie, we walked out the theater probably like at 3.15 or some shit like that. And the movie theater was like 5 to 10 minutes away from the, the, where the brunch was. So we had time to spare. So we sitting in the car playing on our phones, X, Y, Z. So when we got there, though, we go inside. It's 4 o'clock. They ain't see us till about 4.15. That was a little annoying. We sitting around waiting. Like, man, if you got a reservation, that table need to be fucking ready. But nonetheless, we got our table, went in the jump. Uh, ate, you know what I'm saying? They had like a set menu to where it wasn't like you order off a set menu. Everything on the menu, they bring to you on one plate. So it looked like just a, they just threw some shit together. I ain't gonna lie. I had motherfucking French toast, eggs, jerk chicken, mashed potato, not mashed potato, uh, macaroni and cheese. Uh, what else? It was just a whole bunch of shit on one plate. You know what I'm saying? But it was all good. But the, I think the biggest thing about it was they bring you bottomless drinks. So we had bottomless drinks for the set price. So it was all good. I thought it was cool. Um, the food was all right. I like the atmosphere. It was a whole bunch of bras in the joint. Nothing but women. I had to look and see where the niggas was at. I was like, am I the only nigga in this joint? But it was men in that joint, but it was just mainly, mainly women in there. Um, so it was one of the things, like, if a nigga strolled up in there, he probably, if, if a nigga was worth something, he probably had his pickings in that joint. Because the women looked like they were, a lot of them looked like they was on missions. But it was a lot of chicks in the joint. Um, it was cool. It had music. The music was good. Um, we was in the back room, so we didn't hear the music as clear as everybody that was in the main room, but it was cool. We was in the jump, kicking it, drinking, and, uh, you know, we ate, and by the time we felt like we drank enough, we went here and got up out of there. Uh, after that, came back to my house. It probably was about 6, 30, 7 o'clock, because then I lived not too far from the park. All this shit is in my area, so it all worked out. Came back. And we rode the night on out. We both was a little twisted, chilled out, relaxed, and just passed out. But, um, you know, that was my weekend right there. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, it was cool. Good Mother's Day weekend. Hopefully everybody, all the mothers out there had a good Mother's Day. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, that was it. Um, that was it. So I think I'm going to end this episode on just a random topic. And then we're going to close this thing out and then start the next episode. So, okay, today, what's the day? Today is May 19th, right? So I'm going to talk about Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Motherfucker, Pat Bev. Uh, Pat Bev been on, uh, was it Monday? Because today is Thursday. So Monday, right, I got up early in the morning. Had to leave. I was about to get ready to take my nephew to his daycare. And I think I was running out a little late or something like that. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but 
this show on ESPN called Get Up came on. It come on in the morning, right? I never really watched that show. I don't really be having time to watch that show because I be kind of out when that shit come on. You know what I'm saying? I, don't, I probably don't be in the house. Plus, that's just not one of them shows I watch. The only shows I really watch, sports talk shows, is uh, First Take and Undisputed. Those are the ones I've watched the most. You know what I'm saying? But I just happened, just so happened to catch a little bit of the Get Up show. And I looked, and I noticed Patrick Beverly was on the jump. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, Pat Bev on here. Because I know how wild he is and, and energetic and crazy he is on the court. So I was like, man, I wonder if he's going to bring that same type of energy on the show. It kind of got me intrigued. So um, I sat there for like, I watched it for a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes because I had to get the fuck out of here. He captivated me in just that couple minutes. He captivated me. Um, enough for me to record it. I never, I definitely never recorded that show. You know what I'm saying? If I recorded anything, it would probably be, it was like first take or undisputed. Mainly first take is something I may record. But these days, I don't really have to record none of that shit because I listen to it on the uh, podcast. But Patrick Beverly was going in and he was just being so candid and nonchalant. That it, it just captivated me, and I wanted to see the whole episode. The John, I think the episode is about an hour and a half long. I recorded maybe two hours, uh, probably about two hours long. I recorded it, and uh, but just a little bit that I saw, he had some shit to say about Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? He was going in about Chris Paul. Uh, it was him on there. JJ Reddick was on there, and then you got the ho- the host. Uh, Greenberg, was it Dave Greenberg? Whatever the fuck his name is, the little skinny one. They used to have the show with the the big nigga that used to play in the NFL. Um, but he was just going in on Chris Paul. Uh, Reddick was kind of trying to defend Chris Paul. Uh, motherfucker, Pat Bev was saying shit like, Chris Paul ain't all that. They probably should have benched him. Now this like hindsight, I mean not hindsight, but later I ended up watching the whole episode. I watched the whole episode yesterday. I recorded it Monday, but I didn't really get a chance to watch the whole episode until last night. I kind of had a little time. I, I really ain't had the time, but I made some time to go here and watch it. I watched the rest of it last night. His opinion on Chris Paul, he just feel like, he said Chris Paul is, you know, good. He think he great here, Hall of Famer, XYZ, no doubt. But he just feel like he don't get the criticism that he deserves. That other people get maybe like a James Harden or anybody else. He feel like Chris Paul deserved just as much criticism because in a lot of crucial moments, he don't show up or he don't get his teams over the hump if he's perceived to be this great. He also think during games, he don't get the same type of calls and stuff like that because he's the head of the Players Association. He don't get the same type of calls. He get a lot of benefits of the doubt on the court. Now, that part in itself, I'm, I'm not too keen with I don't really know about whether he getting calls or, call, or, or this and that and the other. But I do agree with him on the greatness of Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? Because I think Chris Paul is, I think he's great. Sometimes I, I, I question that a little bit when you put the great on it. But I ain't going to go that hard. I think he's great. But I think he's on a lower tier of great. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's as good as a lot of people think. 
and the debate of him being a top five point guard all time, I think he's undoubtedly not a top five point guard all time. Because I tell you like this, uh, a lot of them teams that he had, we especially go back to them Clipper teams. If he was a top five point guard all time, them niggas would have at least made it to a finals. You can't tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? He had some squads out there. He had some squads. Um, but uh, he was just going in, and a lot of people was kind of calling him a hater. You know what I'm saying? Calling calling uh, Pat Bev a hater. Because, you know, him and, him and Chris Paul got like a little feud. You know what I'm saying? They do. But I feel like just because he got a feud, and then a lot of people felt like, who was he to be talking? He's a role player. But just because he's a role player don't mean he, he don't know the game or he ain't got an opinion. That's a fallacy to think you got to be as good as somebody to talk about them. You know what I'm saying? If you know the game, you know the game. It's people that got talk shows that talk sports all day that they ain't even sniffed the professional level. Ain't even sniffed the professional level. And they get to talk about people all day and we listen to them. He at least played the game, and he's a very good player in the league. You know what I'm saying? So I think he would have more of the right, and he played against him. He has the right to give his opinion, and it ain't like he just going around talking bad about everybody. He got his opinion on who he thinks is, who he think is good. You know what I'm saying? He think Luka is unstoppable. He think nobody in the league can stop Luka. You know what I'm saying? He think, he think Chris Paul is great, but there's a lot of other people that's better. He's like, man, Chris Paul, he said Chris Paul is somebody you don't lose sleep over. You know what he said? If I, if I know I'm going against Phoenix tomorrow, the night before I'm going to the, I'm going out to dinner, I'm having me some wine, X, Y, Z, get up in the morning, work out, sweat it out, and I'm going against Chris Paul. I ain't really tripping. He said, when well, you're going against Steph Curry. But, yeah, when he, when he go against Steph Curry, he's planning. He's, he, he's approaching that differently. He said, I don't want nobody calling me. I'm going to bed early. I'm not playing around, no drinking, X, Y, Z. He's like just two different monsters. But he just feel like, Chris Paul is somebody that you don't lose no sleep over. And he was saying this is league-wide. Everybody knows this because, you know what I'm saying, people in the media don't know because they're not in the locker room. But everybody knows this. But ultimately, it's his opinion, man. It's like you can't – they calling them haters, calling them a hater, but that could be his genuine opinion. You know what I'm saying? He did. He said the man is great. He said he loves his game. You know what I'm saying? Especially back in the day when he gave – he, he specifically was talking about when he gave Tony Parker and them the business back in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? He said he loved his game, but he just think these days people giving him more praise than what he deserved. And that's his opinion. You know, I don't see nothing wrong with that, man. I side, honestly, I side with him more than I don't side with him because I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan, as I said. You know what I'm saying? But to end this joke, we're going to end this down with a basic question. Um, let's talk about dating. Um, a question. How early into dating somebody, this is a simple old question. How early into dating somebody do you tell them like little bits of information like you was engaged at one time? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know. Some people feel like some information ain't even worth telling somebody early on. They don't need to know early on. Some people deem some information to be more important than others. 
some information, some people may think to be important. Other people may not think it's that important. They'll just blurt it out. But how early into dating do you think you should tell somebody that you was once engaged? Um, because I think that that's the question because it was something happened to where somebody didn't tell somebody. It was a dating I was watching TV or, or listening to a podcast or something like that. And somebody was talking about they was dating somebody. And the person never told them they was once engaged. And that was kind of like a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, you did, like they would like to know. Because I guess if you was once engaged, that sparks a lot of questions about who the fuck this person was. You know what I'm saying? If y'all was engaged, I might want to know that history. How close are y'all to this day, X, Y, Z? But, uh... I don't think it's, for something like that, I don't think it's ever too early. I think you could tell you, I think that's something to talk about on the first date. Like casual conversation. Like, because me, I take like a, a first date. I don't really use a first date as like a interview. You know what I'm saying? I use it as to you getting to know me candidly, and I'm getting to know you candidly. We just out having fun. Because first of all, I want to know if you're somebody that I can be around and have fun with. That's one of the most important things to me. So if we going out and we kicking it, da, 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 I'm not really anxious to dig into your history and background. You know, you know what I'm saying? Unless it just so happens to happen that way. But I wouldn't do that purposely. To me, all that information just comes naturally. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't plan to do all that. It'll all come naturally. At some point, the more we get to know each other, the more, you know, I'll ask that information if it comes to me. You know, I let it happen genuinely. Um, But I don't think it's too early. Like, if somebody asked me that, was I ever engaged? I wouldn't get offended if they asked me that the first time we went out. Was I ever married? Was I ever engaged? I I wouldn't get offended. That's a simple, basic question to me. So I think it's, I don't think it's ever too early, really, to ask a simple question like that. Um, that's my opinion. Um, We're going to end this this episode on that note. Uh, like I say, man, we're going to close it out. Shoot for your dreams, man. Shoot for your dreams. If you got an idea, do it. Chase it. Don't let life go by. And just let a potential great idea that you can have or or some of your potential greatness just die with you. Go and give it a shot. Accomplish it. Because ain't nobody knocking on your door to give you that life that you want. You got to go and get it. You got to put your ideas out in the world and see what sticks. If that don't stick, you, you come up with another idea. If you come up with an idea, put that out in the world. Invest into yourself. See, what that sti- see if that sticks. Because honestly, you ain't got to be great at something. But if you consistent and put time into it and learn it and perfect it, you can become great at it. But number one thing is consistency. You know what I'm saying? You want people to, you want to do something so much that people know you for it. And that can happen if you just be consistent and believe in yourself. So on that note, I'm out. And I'm going to end it like this, like I always end it. Shoot for the moon. Whatever you do. Shoot big, shoot for the moon, because if you miss, you'll land amongst the stars, and I'm out.